You're listening to Surly Talk Sport. Brought to you by Sky Sport now. Oh good, welcome back, Surly Talk Sport, another week in the saddle, fresh off a big weekend as well for me personally, played code, laced up the boots for the mighty code of course, got the dub against Marist in our last regular season game of the year, then jumped in the car, shot down the old Hamilton Express to rip into that Super Rugby final, boy was she a doozy on the field and even better off the field, kicked on post the loss, unfortunately didn't go old mate Sean Shooter Stevenson's way. Boy, did he play good footy though. So, still in pretty high spirits. Out back bar, then onto a house for kick ons. Huge fizz. And I tell you what, Hamiltonians, they are built different. I've heard about it. Never been out in Hamilton. This was my first night. Certainly lived up to the reputation. They visit down there. One of the great nights. Paid the price on the Sunday. Bit of a slow day. Made the trek back up to the big smoke, but well and truly ready to rip into a Another huge weekend of sport. Of course, the main event kicks off tomorrow night. Waz vs Bunnies. How good is that? Today's episode, as always though, brought to you by the legends at Sky Sport. Now it's the home of sports streaming, live or on demand here in New Zealand. If you haven't got the app already, make sure you download it on your smart TV, on your smartphone, and get yourself in the mixer. They've got weekly, monthly, or annual passes you can cancel at any time. And what it does is it allows you to unlock all of your Sky Sport and ESPN channels for a fraction of the price of your normal normal Sky subscriptions. If you're like me, you love your NRL, your rugby, of course the rugby championship kicking off next week. Huge couple months coming up for the All Blacks prior to the World Cup. They've got the Women's Football World Cup, the Formula One, Wimbledon, UFC. It is all on Sky Sport now. So show them some love. We really appreciate them riding along with the STS community. So get around them. Also, have to plug the giveaway going down at the moment on the Surly Talk Sports Instagram. Two tickets to tomorrow night's game at Mount Smart. Sold out, of course plus a monthly subscription to Sky Sport now, so you can test the waters, see if it's for you. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. A huge month of sport coming up, so that is a great prize. Really appreciate them for chucking that our way. Go get amongst it. Chuck yourselves in the comments. You never know. It could be your lucky day. On the show this week, she's jam-packed, going to talk the Super Rugby final with the great man and newly crowned Super Rugby champion, assistant coach Jimmy Marshall out of the Crusaders. Then we'll rip into the NRL, the big talking points out of God's game and of course the mighty Waz. A weekly wrap, tick a few boxes there, the highly anticipated return of the Q&A. Before we wrap her up, call it a day and send you on your merry way. So strap yourself in. How good is a Thursday? Big fizz. Right, talking some super rugby now, of course, fresh off the back of one of the great finals and joined by one of the greats as well. What a lad himself, Jimmy Marshall. Congrats on the win, mate. Seven in a row, your first as a coach with the Crusaders. How did that feel when the full-time whistle blew? Mate, how special was that? It was... Um... It was one of those games where, man, you're never comfortable. Um, every time the Chiefs had the ball, they looked um, super dangerous. Um, and it was just sort of that last two minutes where we were pushing them back, pushing them back. We only had one in the backfield. We were zero rucking. So um, we were spread across the field and then get that turnover. And that was pretty much the moment. Um, other than the ball hitting the post, we were pretty safe. And even to be fair, it got quite close to the post um, when Richie kicked that last <laughs> one. So... And once that went through, it was all over. And um, yeah, it's been a hell of a few days celebrating that one. I can imagine. But I was sitting right behind you almost. You looked pretty calm throughout it. I was expecting a bit more of a roller coaster from you. <laughs> Noticed you were mic'd up though, delivering some good messages and your energy every time you ran onto the field, mate. You still got it in those legs. 
Mate, it's been a work on for mine uh, over the last <laughs> few years to get that water out a little bit quicker and that tea on a bit quicker. So um, I, I think that's uh, pretty important for me to come on uh, quite calm and uh, make sure everyone's not um, getting too over-aroused out there or panicky, um, especially when it's close. So, um, yeah, Jack, good you said a couple of times, just keep reminding me, make sure we're still really calm and, um, yeah, obviously worked. The Chiefs certainly made you guys look, work for it, bro. It was a heck of a game. It was physical and a real roller coaster. And at times to me, it seemed like you guys were on the back foot, but still found a way to win the game. And that's become a pattern of the Crusaders in the past. Is that how it felt for you? Yeah, it did. It, like, I, I never felt like we were in control of that game. It was completely the opposite to the weekend before where um, the Blues game, we, we felt like we're just, um, everything went to plan. Whereas in the weekend, it felt like nothing was really going to plan. Um, Thankfully, our um, mall, um, as ever, as it always does, um, was strong. I managed to get a couple of tries there, and um, we just sort of stayed in the fight. Um, there was areas where they were all over us, and I think the end of the day, the, the biggest thing, the biggest difference was the discipline between the two sides. I felt like we were really conscious, and we made a real conscious effort to um, be squeaky clean there. We know they like to go up in threes, that we know they like to play down that area of the field with their long kicking games with Shooter and D-Mac. So we knew if we could keep our penalty count down, that would give us our best chance of staying in it. Whereas I felt like um, they were probably a little bit more reckless around that area and um, obviously it sort of backfired on them. For sure. You spoke about discipline there. Was there kind of any other areas you targeted? Because the Chiefs, they've been the front runner all year. They're pretty deadly on counterattack, things like that. Had you identified any areas of weakness you guys wanted to exploit? It wasn't so much weaknesses, but it was around um, winning that kicking battle as well. Like we knew they don't don't really like to play inside their half, and they they control teams really well like that. And then when they get an opportunity, they're really clinical um, when they do when they do run that attack with shooter and um, Nawada out the back. So um, obviously we didn't win that as much as I thought we we could have or should have. But um, yeah, we obviously won it enough to to get the result, but. Yeah, like I said, when, when we're playing around that sort of halfway, um, we're really struggling to get anything going and um, sort of got ourselves in trouble a little bit. But uh, when we did kick long and put them under pressure, I felt like we were, we were looking a bit aside. Yeah, 100%. You touched on the rolling mall, bro. Cody Taylor must be one of the happiest hookers in world rugby because, shit, he's right up there in the try scorers count. But what's the secret, man? Because it seems like every year, every team rates their pack coming up against you guys. But regardless, you find ways to just kill them at mall time. Yeah, you're asking the wrong man, mate. I've got no idea. <laughs> well, I figured, you know, first five fullback, <laughs> you're the guy to go to here. <laughs> No, like obviously, like you got to appreciate like what that those guys can do up there because you're right. It's it's a it's such a tough skill, but um, Dan Perrin's got that pack humming. Um, obviously, huge amount of injuries up front. Uh, I think like four All Black props, a couple of um All Black fifteen props. Like we we've been we've called in Ruben O'Neill from Taranaki Club Rugby, Kershaw Sykes Martin from um up in Tasman, but. Um, John R. Fire from overseas in the, the, the retirement um, sheds. So, yeah. mate, it's been one of those seasons where we've had a terrible run of injuries, but everyone who's um, been given an opportunity has, has stood up and somehow that rolling mall has just kept on going. And you mentioned Cody Taylor and his try scoring ability. Like, uh, it might look like he's just falling over the line, but a lot of those times it's, a, it's actually a really tough skill. Like, when to peel out, when who to follow in behind and and making sure you get that clear run to the line because um, you don't want to be held up there. Um, that, that's real a real momentum swinger these days when you've got the um, line drop out. So um, he's so good at it. He's so good at knowing when to peel off and keeping his body height really low and he's so explosive off the back. So, um, yeah, I think he deserves probably a little bit more credit than he gets because everyone yeah. says, oh, he just falls over the back. But um, he is bloody good at that. Oh, mate, I'm sure there's hookers around the nation that are nodding in agreement as well. She's <laughs> she's not all an easy task. You mentioned the injury toll, bro, and there's guys like Severis, David Harvilli in the back line as well. Does that make things even more satisfying knowing that you were down like seven or eight troops, many All Blacks as well, and you still got the depth, you're still good enough to get the job done against a bloody good side? Yeah, massively. I think that's probably the, the best thing about this season was 
um, how much adversity there was around the injuries. There was moments where we were literally, we, we could hardly find a 23. So, um, yeah, to, to get to where we did in the end and just, like I said, have guys step up when they had the opportunity. Um, we, we saw guys like Dallas McLeod and stuff really um, take that next step when given an opportunity. And to be honest, if Sevo and Davey had a, been fully fit, he probably wouldn't have had any game time or much game time this year. And I think you can say that about a lot of the guys, even uh, Tamaiti Williams, who has gone on to be an All Black as well. He he was playing sort of 20 minutes at the back end of games last year. Now, we, I think in the final, he got up to 70 minutes. He's been playing week in, week out. And um, I thought I think it's done a massive, it's done a massive favours. So not having to um, rotate every few weeks with the other two potential All Black props that were there ahead of him. For sure. And we're touching on All Black. So we may as well talk about Sam Whitelock, bro. Battling an injury, having missed a few weeks, a monster in your pack. Just how injured was he? And how impressed were you just to see the way he performed on Saturday night? Like the biggest stage, low on footy, and he just rocks up, man of the match. Unreal. Yeah, mate. He, he's an incredible, he's an incredible man. Like how he did. I always knew he'd, he was going to be able to do that. It's just what he does. Like, He's he knows the game so well. He knows his body so well, and um, he knew he knew what he was capable of. He, the plan was never for him to play eighty, but um, every time we asked him, he he was keen to keep going, which was always going to be the case as well. Yeah. To be fair, but um, yeah, he, he's such a special player. Um, I don't know how injured he was. He always looked pretty good to me. He was a bit sore afterwards, but um, he was getting through all his training, no issues, and um, wasn't making a big fuss about it. Um, so yeah, no, I'm stoked for him. Like what a way to go out would have been a shame for him to not be a part of that being his last crusade, but, um, awesome way for him to go out with the man of the match trophy as well. Or I don't know who won the lad seal, uh, award, but he must've been close. Yeah, he, it was bloody close. I think Richie Moe might've snuck it in for back to back years. Back to so. back. Oh, how yeah. good. Nawada would have been a good shout too. If the Chiefs managed to cross the line, he played well, I thought. Oh, he's deadly, deadly. That um, that try, the disallowed try, McKenzie off the back of the line out. Like, I don't know about you, mate, but as a 10, I would not be running that channel. That was ballsy <laughs> and one of the great disallowed tries, but that was some unreal stuff. Just touching on Whitelock again, just how much of like a lift does he bring to the team? Like, obviously you guys found out before the final that he was going to be playing. Do you sense like a real boost amongst the lads? You know, he's a heck of a footballer, ex-captain. Does that kind of take you guys to another level? Yeah, it's, it's hard to know in terms of the group, but what he does bring is um, a real controlled demeanour and um, out on the field, he's always really calm. He never gets too flustered. I remember a couple of moments in that game where Tupu Vai and stuff are sort of trying to get under his skin, clapping in front of people's face or like pushing him away, but he always just sort of puts his hands up and just, he never gets flustered in those those sort of arenas. He's been there so many times and um, you hear it when you're out in that huddle that, how much he controls that huddle and gets everyone to take a deep breath and keep them really calm. So I don't think can really put a price on that sort of controlling um, influence that he has on the field. And obviously we know what he can do as a player. So it's always going to be a massive boost. The lads that are leaving really stood up. We've touched on Whitelock, but guys like Richie, Moe, Lester, they were massive as well. Was that like a big focus for you guys heading into this kind of final stretch to send those Crusaders legends out as winners? Yeah, I mean, it always is, but I mean, there's no such thing as those sort of fairy tale finishes. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there's a few Chiefs guys as well. I think every team wants to obviously go into a final and win it. Um, how much harder can you try for um, someone to send them off? I, I don't know the stats on that or know where yeah. it will be. So I think everyone was obviously super keen to win it. They really wanted to send those guys out um, like they deserved. Um, Razor as well. All the boys really wanted to make sure that these guys went out on that winning note. And um, it was awesome to see all three of them really step up on the field um, when we needed them the most because um, that's what they've done over their last seven years or longer, however, whoever it is. So, um, yeah, it was awesome way for them to all go out. Just on Leicester in particular, like that Blues game and then this game, I feel like we saw a bit more of his like personality and his energy. He seems like a real hype man for you guys. Is that kind of how he always is around the team? Um, on the field, he always is. Off the field, he's a very low-key, um, yeah, he, he likes to do his own sort of thing. He's he's definitely not the hype guy um, 
in the off the field like you see probably seeing with Sever and Bro, those are Bauer. unreal. <laughs> those are unreal. How good's that? They're the real hype guys. But yeah. on the field, Lester loves it. He loves getting the ball in his hand. He loves carrying hard. He loves getting over the ball. And when he gets a penalty, he he really loves those moments. So um, that's where he brings his energy, obviously, in his carry and his um his work at the breakdown usually. So um yeah, when he does get that, the boys thrive off that. They love playing off the back of his carries, man. He, he, no, I don't think anyone's got better leg drive than him, arguably maybe Artie, but both of them, when they got the, get the ball, their fight through contact is just next level. And uh, we've played off the back of a lot of his go-forward ball and, ball and had a lot of success this year. So he, he's going to be a hard one to replace. He hinted at the parade or at the airport once you guys arrived back that Razor had been in his air post game. He was talking about the future as the attack coach. You'd obviously be pretty happy to hear that Leicester might be returning in the years to come. Yeah, well, he's only, it's hard to believe he's only 23 or something. So he's he's, he's ridiculously young. I can't see him being over in France for sort of 10 years. He'll he'll be back at some point. Um, I think it's just, when um hopefully i'm still there by then and uh yeah we can work together again come to the blue sun and then razor got the dub <laughs> and you've seen it through your tv screens for many years but just how impressive were those moves mate i hung around in the stadium just to get a piece of it in the flesh as well richie mo got involved as well but does it hit different you know just being in that circle <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely different. I always thought it was a little bit weird as an opposing player, but once you're in it and you sort of get to know what he's like, um, just take it for what it is. And it is is pretty cool. Like The boys all love it, his energy. He brings such good energy to the side all year, and that was cool. I actually was really impressed with um, Richie Moe's little um, killer thing there. There, Man, that that looked really smooth. um, yeah, my old hips uh, would struggle <laughs> to do anything like that. But um, no, it was, it was cool. Awesome way for him to go out. And it's going to be interesting to see if he does it um, in the black jersey, I guess. Like, I don't know. Well, don't when know the bleed is low and busted that. out, I'd love to see it. <laughs> or a rag- rugby world cup in uh, yeah. five, four years after yeah. Yeah, the end of this one. Nah, surely he has to. And then just quickly on the ref, like Ben O'Keefe, and he's been copping it over the last few days, but I saw you put up that clip, which was awesome. Seems like a great bloke. I've heard him talking on radio as well. A, a great New Zealander. And I actually thought he had a good game. There are one or two controversial calls, but that happens in every game of footy. So what's it like kind of seeing that sort of stuff? You know, Ben, on a bit more of a personal level than I do. Seems like a real good lad. Yeah, yeah I was gutted to read all that. And um it's just a shame that uh, people feel like they have to attack the referee to to let out their frustration in, in, in a game. Um, he's, he's a great bloke, and we've we've been lucky enough to have Paul Williams uh, be a part of the Crusaders. All the all the referees have a super franchise now. I think Ben was with the Hurricanes, so um, it's been awesome for the players to get that insight into um, the referee's mind and go and ask him as many questions as they want. And just, I guess, sort of, you get to know how human they are and like they talk about their mistakes and um it's it's a bloody hard game to referee and not make a mistake there's so many calls which or non-calls which you could probably make at any breakdown so such a hard job and um I think I spoke to last time I spoke to Ben on the on my podcast it was around if you look through the eyes of um a, in particular team you're going to probably find about 30 non calls or um bad calls which is, have cost your team so um and if you look through the other side of from the other teams you're probably going to get about the same so it's it's always the case um when when you do lose um the easy thing to do is try and find mistakes from a referee but i actually thought he controlled the game really well and prob- people will probably say oh you would say that um you, you're on the right end of a few calls but i felt like even us, if you did look at us, I felt like that potentially at first collision could have easily been a red card. Yeah. Um, big swing. Poor Dallas McLeod, three minutes into it, his biggest game of his career, yeah. um, gets finished and uh, they end up scoring down their right edge a, a few moments later. So there's some big moments in that game. And like for me, it's, it's never about the referee. Um, you've got to be better and better than the opposition to yeah. take the referee out of that equation. And there's always going to be decisions that don't go your way. And um, yeah, I was just gutted to see um, the abuse that he's copped and hopefully people can learn from that and hopefully there can be a little bit more accountability to these 
people who start up a fake account to send a death threat to a, to a referee. It's just, it's just not good enough. Yeah, 100%. I was glad he chucked it up too because as a fan, it's quite eye-opening. Like you, you always know that there's certain people out there that will do things like that. But the fact that like some of the extent people were going to, it's crazy. And the fact people even feel like they can message refs or athletes these days and stay stuff like that. It's a pretty shit side to social media, but back to the positives anyway, post-game antics, mate. Obviously you're a bit of a lad yourself. The voice, she's just recovered with the push this a day later because you were a bit croaky. So what did you get up to after the game, mate? Obviously you guys flew back the next day and how were the couple days after yeah my voice still feels a bit croaky to be fair so she made it might have needed to push out another day but uh, <laughs> oh it was awesome mate. it was one of those a couple of those days were just um such good vibes i, I love being in the changing rooms after the game it's always yeah. a really special one we stayed there for quite a long time and then uh we went to uh went to a bar which was awesome had a band and um, everyone was getting into their work and then we just ended up going back to the team hotel and just sitting around listening to music and um sharing some stories from um the year really and it's those are the memories you always yeah you never really forget um the ones that you really love as a a player or a coach now so um that was pretty cool and then the next day we head off to sam whitelock so um had an awesome setup out there um had a big space man and yeah what's the go with that not sure what that was all about, to be honest, yeah. but looked pretty cool once yeah. it dark, I, so. I saw it on Instagram. I was like, that's impressive, but I wonder what the story is behind it. It looks like it's from like R&V or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no story behind it. Just, nice. um, I don't know, maybe help guys find uh, where it was or something. I'm not yeah. sure, but it was, it was pretty cool. And just sitting around the fire, listening to Ruben O'Neill play. Um, he was doing a set as a DJ and... Um, DJ Mints on Toast is his name, and he was on <laughs> fire. And um, yeah, it was just real cool vibes. And uh, yeah, a couple of really special days. Love that. And obviously, on field MVP was the big fella, Sammy Whitelock. Off field, do you have anyone that's a real character that goes really good at these steam ups? There's always a couple. Yeah, there is always a few. Um, I was actually really impressed with um, Scooter Barra. I thought he yeah. brought some really good energy. Nice. Skip a lead from in front. Um, yeah. DJ Mints on Toast was good value, a very different character, but man, he provided <laughs> some great, some great energy and um, heat. Um, Louis Chapman, probably a wee undercover guy. He's yeah. he's really good value on the uh, on a few beers. Um, yeah, they're probably the big standouts for me. I'm not, I was probably, the boys were still going um, day three and four, which I'd pulled pin by then, but um, so I'm not really sure who was the MVP overall, but um, those guys impressed me. Surely you link back up for day five. I've heard day five's the best, mate. So go get yourself in the mix. Surely, surely. Well, yeah. as footy fans, the focus now goes to All Blacks and a few of those boys from your side, they would have been making the dusty trip up to Auckland to assemble with the team. I just wanted to ask you about a couple new caps from your team. Dallas McLeod, big to mighty Williams. Can you speak a little about the impact, what they'll bring to this side? And then I guess on Dallas's front, he's spoken about how surprised he was. Were you guys surprised to see him in maybe a year earlier than some people would have expected? Yeah, I could see how he was surprised. I mean, um, like I said, if he was, if we had a fully fit squad, he probably wouldn't have um, had the opportunity to play as much as he did. But every time he had an opportunity, man, he really played well. And I think probably one of the biggest games was that Blues one um, early on in the year where I thought he was one of the best on the park. He he carried well, um, made some really good decisions, defended well. And then he's obviously moved out to the wing and taken all his opportunities there. So um, added a little bit of versatility um, to his game. He, he'll chase hard. He's a little bit like a, a George sort of bridge as a winger. Um, yeah. Just will chase kicks hard, work hard, defend really well. Um, good under the high ball. He's just one of those real solid players. Um, he'll finish off when he needs to. But um, yeah, he, he's had an awesome year. I, I thought in the preseason, he really impressed me. And then to see him um, sort of take take his opportunities throughout the year to become an All Black, um, super satisfying as a coach to see someone like that grow throughout the year and um, become a All Black and hopefully get to the Rugby World Cup. It would be be such a cool story because he was he was a genuine bolter. Like when yeah. I, when I found out that how high he was on the wingers list or um, All Blacks list, I was I was a little bit surprised as well. But 
Um, I could see, I could see why, because man, he is a good player. To Mighty Williams, a big body. I think he'll be the heaviest All Black ever if he laces up the boots and gets on the field. Do you think he brings that kind of size and physicality that we're going to need against the Irish and French? And what's impressed you most about him? He seems like a confident young lad. Mm, yeah, he is. He's a massive human. So. Um, I, I guess I sort of spoke about it before, but previously he hasn't been able to play huge amounts of minutes and um, obviously his his engine when you're that big is obviously going to be hard to keep going and um, sort of play at the speed of test match intensity and stay in shape as a prop after long scrums or long mauls. So um, that's been super impressive to see him grow that over the over the season and I think it's because he's been able to get so much game time and minutes back to back so um he's at the point now where um he's he's one of the first into our shape he's got the unreal skill set to play out the back or play short obviously a big carry he'll never land on his back being that big so um he, as a prop he, he gives you a lot lot on attack a lot of d and then um yeah he's, he's a good scrummager as well by all accounts Oh, exciting stuff. I'm keen to see him rip in. Well, cheers for your time, mate. Obviously, the voice, she's going on you. Yeah. I'm keen to see you go day five, so fingers <laughs> crossed we get a couple updates. But appreciate your time, fresh off the championship, and well done, bro. Hey, cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Another week in the books for the NRL Rugby League Gods game, the greatest game of all. And again, Entertainment Deluxe, round 17, dished up some huge results, some good old-fashioned rugby league hidings. Shout out to the Waz for contributing to one of those, and also some real hot topics which seem to get dished up every week in the great game of league. Let's rip into the first one, which of course is the Ben Hunt release saga, and I can't think Friday night's result did him any favours, surely even the best of us would be lining up to get out of that joint, but of course news came out. Late last week, Benny Hunt, he was trying to eye up a bit of a mid-season transfer, a potential ring chase over to the Brisbane Broncos for the last four or so months of the season. The Red V, though, they've denied it. They've said to their skipper, you're not going anywhere. Incredibly unique in the situation by the fact he is the skipper. Imagine being one of the lads and even your inspirational leader wants to get out of there. But the Dragons, they've said no. Hunt, you're staying put and he's since come out and said he's now removed his request for an early release. He'll weigh up his options in the off-season. Interesting to see if he's still got the locker room on his side or whether the boys just simply won't get around him. A bit of a shit show kind of sums up the Dragons both on and off the field but it seems for the short time being anyway Benny Hunt will not be going anywhere. Broncos fans they were celebrating deluxe thinking that they would be bringing home a premiership with one of the great origin players at the moment lacing up in the nine jersey would have been a heck of an addition to their roster that spine of him Reynolds, Ezra Mam, and Reese Walsh when he's not banned we'll get to that soon that would have been deadly but not to be the Dragons they block the request and keep their guy and good on them too I guess you can see both sides of the story they are a shit show on and off the field off field especially they seem to be a real shambles but a contract's a contract so kind of good to see them make him honour it as well and certainly a bit of an interesting decision I thought Hunty was going to get his own way next big talking point Luke Brooks to Manly four years two million bucks and it appears he will wear the six jersey for the lads from the northern beaches interesting to see as well straight off that news Josh Schuster extended for three years as well as soon as I saw the Brooks story I thought that's the end of Shuey he's going to be heading off he made such an uproar in the offseason saying he wanted to play six and if Manly weren't going to facilitate that then he would be looking elsewhere maybe he's realized he's not a six and it's not a bloody easy position to play he's been battling there the past month or so so maybe he's just resigned to the fact that he is a big body that should be playing in the middle and in Brooksy they get a pretty quality playmaker but I do think four years 200 mil could be a bit too much coin for old mate. Interested to see how he goes though. Obviously DCE, he's got about another year or so of footy in him. He's already come out and said he wants to play in 2024. So they're going to be an interesting combination. And let's see if the Beaches can bring the best 
out of Luke Brooks and saying that though, Manly did lose a real young gun as a result of this signing. Young Finu, he's decided to jump ship. He wants to play first grade and fair enough too by all accounts and I'm just going off the rugby league guru, Hello Sport and those lads, what they've been saying across the ditch but he's a genuine rugby league throbber. They think he has potential to be one of the greatest talents that comes through the game so huge loss there for Manly. They're obviously prepared to let him go though because there's opportunities now to just chuck him in straight into that six jersey and they're refusing to do so. Maybe it's off field, maybe the kid's a bit of admin. Of course his brother is in prison at the moment and Manly really tried hard to stick up for him through the checkbook at it to try and defend his case. So maybe there's more to this than meets the eye just like the old Transformers. One of the great taglines there but plenty of movement going on at Manly and interesting to see now they've allocated a huge amount of salary cap into their real core base of players, your Tommy Turbos, DCE, Luke Brooks, Joshy Schuster, that's four or five guys taking up a large chunk of it, they've got guys like Hamoli Olakowatu due to be re-signed as well, can they afford to keep them, surely Seabold and co, they've been crunching the numbers, so let's see how that develops, but huge breaking news there from Manly, wrapping up Luke Brooks and fair to say, their fans pretty divided, so let's see how that goes, and then alluded to it before, Reese Walsh cops a three week ban for spraying the ref, called him the C word, and then the most entertaining part for me unfolded after that when he was in the media, on social media, trying to act like he wasn't saying it to the ref, even his teammate Adam Reynolds came out and said, look just a poor camera angle show the real thing, once Fox did I think it was pretty clear for all to see, he was clearly having a word at the ref, at least in my opinion anyway. David Fafita, he even tried to come out, defend his origin teammate at the judiciary hearing and try and make sure the young hot boy would be available for game three state of O. He lied as well, but it wasn't enough to defend young Reese. Hopefully this is a bit of a wake up call for the kid. A great bloke, spoke to him on my podcast last year, humble down to earth, would always have a yarn when you saw him at training, but it appears perhaps he's maybe just got a little bit big for his boots so far this season. Maybe the bright lights of Brizzy and the Gold Coast have gone to his head again I'm just assuming but some of the behaviour you've seen from him lately not quite what we've come to know from youngie Reese Walsh and maybe this pulls him in line a little bit just reminds him he's still young in the game so much potential so would hate to see instances like this keep occurring bit of a slap on the wrist three weeks out and I tell you what now the Bronx are up against it a little bit couple injury worries there as well Jordan Pretty Ricky bowing out in terms of your origin for me this is going to be interesting obviously game three she's a dead rubber but you best believe Queensland fans the mighty New South Wales Blues we're coming for you we're not going to roll over but back to the subject at hand what do Queensland and young Billy Slater do now in the one position KP he's already come out and said he's not putting his hand up to play rep footy this year was that because he didn't get the jersey wanted to take a bit of salt out of it a bit of the sting away and say I wasn't putting my hand up anyway maybe he chucks her back up puts his hand up for game three does he backflip on that or does Brimo who was 18th man move into that jersey seems a logical choice playing good code for the Titans at the moment of course they got Hammer as well they could move him from the centres to the back and bring in someone like Dane Gagai or maybe even take a leaf out of Freddie Fittler's book and say fuck it let's chuck a hooker into the centre spot worked well for the Blues maybe Billy the Kid he laces up as well God knows the footage we've seen from training he's still got it in him and no doubt he would find a way to break New South Wales hearts but for me Brimo comes in if KP doesn't reassert his hand and chuck him back in the origin arena overall though hopefully Walshie you learn from this and you can move on one heck of a talent playing some amazing code at the moment so hopefully just a little blimp on his radar and on we march. Some big results from the weekend. Of course, I mentioned there were a couple hidings. The first one, Friday night, we'll deep dive into that soon. Warriors putting the dragons to the sword. Then with the eels humping the dolphins. I tell you what, worrying times for Uncle Wayne. 136 points they have now leaked in the last three weeks. That is atrocious stuff defensively. Backs against the wall 
and they are not standing tall. The Panthers B, they got the job done against the Knights. That next man up mentality from Uncle Ivan sees them get the dub. The Storm, they wrote earlier season's wrongs and got one up over the Manly Gulls at home. Titans, they won the Battle of Brizzy, 18 points to 12 against the Bronx. The Cowboys hump the Bunnies. Shit, they are back on form at the moment. The Cows looking every bit of top eight football side. Whatever Toddy Payton did, whether it was the return of Taumalolo, who of course is out again this week with a bit of a hamster niggle. Maybe he's boosted the lads, really buoyed them, but a great dub there. 31 points to 6. And then to wrap out the round, Roosters, they continue to battle, getting beaten at home by the Green Machine. Sticky Ricky gets one up over Trent Robinson. 20 rugby league points to 18. But of course, the thing you're all tuned in for, your Warriors deep dive. So let's rip into it. Mentioned the score, glossed over it with 4. 48 points to 18. She finished. What a win from the lads. And if you'd listened to the One Take podcast already with Dylan Walker, dropped yesterday. If you haven't tuned in already, make sure you tune in after this. Don't leave now, you greedy baskets. Hear me out and then go listen to Walks. But he mentioned they got the dub, but they're actually pretty disappointed with the performance and it sounds like Webby he's really driving some high standards which is fans that is music to our ears no complacency amongst the lads we may be two points behind first sitting pretty on the ladder but you won't catch us sniffing our own fluffs we are far from that and one point that highlights Webby's potential frustration is probably our start where we just kept making plenty of uncharacteristic errors in 2023 we're averaging the least amount of errors in the comp only nine per game but in this game we had 12 and it felt like a large chunk of them came early on in the game in the first 30 odd minutes so walks mentioned they really want to get a big start this week and kind of start the way they finish once we got into the wrestle the game started to slow down a little bit our forwards really got momentum through the middle I thought Walker was incredibly responsible for a lot of that and then our goal line D that all kind of clicked into action late in the piece as well so hopefully the lads can get a hot start this week good to see though we're not resting on our laurels after almost putting 50 on the dragons and saying that though as a fan I was chuffed to see us rack up 48 points and really put a cricket score on a side that historically has been our bogey team and we've really struggled to beat especially over there it was another week off the roller coaster back to back to back weeks now where we've done it comfortable three straight 13 plus wins and an interesting stat for you I think Vossi mentioned it in the commentary it certainly wasn't Cooper Cronk boy was he woeful but it's the first time since 2007 the Warriors have scored 30 plus points on attack in three straight weeks that is a great stat for you there ladies and gentlemen we're dominating teams left right and centre post the bye all while conceding the fourth least amount of points on average per game so we're doing it on both sides of the football you gotta love it and rev it up we're also tied for Sinbins at the top of the ladder as well per game one every second game we're getting someone binned we're bringing back that hard edge and that dog that SJ spoke about don't mind it I thought this Murato one was a bit rough and of course he now misses three weeks which I think is dog shit I think maybe his record has come into that hasn't been the cleanest operator in the past but a tough knock to take I thought it was a penalty maybe a binning at best but three weeks holy dooly that is pretty rough but a huge win for the lads great to see and what a way to start off your Friday night some standouts for me Delanois Tenezelisniak of course he's been the talk of the town this week everyone's jumping on him your mainstream media and co but you all know you Warriors diehards that we've been riding with him since day one love us some Del the poor man's Lionel Richie and I might have to actually change that nickname for him because shit he's starting to outdo anything that bloke ever did but four meaties could have been five offloaded one close to the line to old Rocco's modern life so that he could dot down and get off the nudie run it wasn't just him scoring though 227 run meters again Carmichael Hunt like five line breaks and a try assist the bloke can do it all and that takes 10 tries 
in his last five games now. The magical mullet. It is certainly delivering. Just love his work again that he does getting us out of our own end, contributing to those high running meters. He's just got the perfect all-round game at the moment. It looks like he's loving life as well. Happy here in New Zealand. So shout-outs to you, the great man, Dallin. SJ, another clinic from him. If Trey Songs was known as Mr. Steal Your Girl, then I'm dubbing SJ, Mr. M. Calling it early doors, I reckon the bloke should claim that award. 16 points he put on, of course most of them off the boot. Did dot down for another meaty though, back to back weeks again. Two try assists and what was another huge shift from the Prince of Penrose. Great to see that nickname catching on too. Post the old SJ pod where I introduced him as that. I even saw New Zealand Herald using it, should have trademarked it myself. Again though, is what it is. Happy to contribute. CNK, outstanding. The house is safe for another week. Kimbo, Sharla, myself, no need to bring in the moving trucks. We keep it again off the back of his shift. 198 metres, two try assists, three line break assists. So he's really flexing his ball playing ability as well. He's not just a hard worker who has a nice bit of razzle to him. And most importantly, ripped out a great post-game interview too on Channel 9 where he said, Dallin, one of the most sexiest blokes in the team and he was grateful to have that lid in the mix. He also said Dal's hair smells nice, which I've been told by multiple sources that that is true. Good to see the lads getting some airtime over on Channel 9 as well. Your Maddie Johns and co, they're really starting to get aboard the bandwagon. Any press is good press. We love to see it. Adam Fanoa Blake, again, another week at the office for this bloke. Big Denny, as the lads call him. Not just truck and nut, which he's so well known for. Of course, a big, scary human being, but also showing off his ball playing ability. He looks so silky. Joshy Schuster, hold my beer type of stuff. Just tip balls playing out the back to Sean. There's a new playmaker in town and we love to see it. 59 minutes for 193 run meters. Also dished up a try assist, two tackle breaks, three offloads and 31 tackles for zero missed. Me oh my, is this bloke one of the best in the comp? But again, 1-17, to 17, like I say, every week at the moment. Guys like Tohu, Wade, Marcelo, Ciro, walks off the Rimu. Shit, you could keep going and just name everyone. Those were my big four, but it was a real team performance. Again, not quite the polished one that Coach Webby would want, but shit, did it start the weekend off with a bang. And I tell you what, the Warriors, we're certainly the hottest ticket in town at the moment, even all the Chiefs lads post game just wanted to talk about how good the Wars are you've got to love that so on we march to another week and it should be an absolute doozy which leads us of course into round 18 Sharks taking on the Dragons tonight in your Thursday night footy clash 9.50pm live on Sky Sport for the Sharkies unchanged post the bye of course they pumped the doggies two weeks back good to see Toby Rudolph he's named on the extended bench could well make a return great bloke that roost for the Dragons no Moses Sully but Ben Murdoch Masilla he gets the start in place of Jackie Bird milestone game for the ex-warrior as well so hopefully he rips in I do see this being a fairly comfortable dub though for the old Cronulla Sharks Friday night Warriors taking on the Bunnies a huge clash in front of a sold out Mount Smart in fact she sold out almost a week in advance it appears finals footy fever it has come early to Mount Smart a heads up to that Sharkies game in about three weeks time she's selling fast especially the best tickets so snap them up mega quick That'll be another sellout in advance. Sky Sport now, of course, got the giveaway going on at the moment. Gets drawn at 9pm tonight, so get yourself in a mixer to win those tickets to this Friday's game, tomorrow night's game against the Bunnies. It's the only way to get bums on seats now. She's all gone. And no to the multiple people messaging every day, I do not have extra tickets. So get yourself in the giveaway. You never know. Could be a lucky day, but of course for the Waz, unfortunately, as mentioned, Marata Niakore, he bows out this week in the naughty boy chair, but good news, big Mitchie Barnett, the Newcastle enforcer, or ex-Newcastle enforcer, 
He's one of us now and playing bloody good code as well. He's named on the bench and him and Walks will look to really come into the game around that 20 minute mark and shift the momentum like they've been doing, similar to that Jazz and Walks combo. Change the game as the Bunnies middle forward start to tie. Good to see Joshy Curran. He gets the start. That's our depth in the second row. We don't lose a shit ton. Of course, Marata, he's been going great, Kuns, but big Joshy C, the mulleted menace, he is more than capable of putting in a starter's level shift. Apart from that, though, pretty unchanged, which you've got to love for the Bunnies. Jacob Host, he's out suspended, of course. No trail mitt, that's it. He's not back till round 21, so that helps us sleep a bit easier at night. Michael Cheekham, he gets the start in the back row, one of the great toilers, but shit, he can play some code. Not to be underestimated, and good to see Saliva Harvilli come back onto the bench as well. One of the greats, of course, used to apply his work here at Mount Smart, so a bit of a homecoming for him. Good to see him back out on the park. In terms of this game, looking at the ladder, she's a huge class. The Warriors in fifth, the Bunnies in eighth, but they're only two points behind us, and they were going great guns just a couple weeks back, so I think every run with a rugby league Blaine really holds them highly as one of the top teams in the competition when they're at full strength. Of course, they got pumped last week by the Cows. We've already touched on that, a Scotty Drinkwater masterclass, so they'll be stinging and looking to come over here and pull off the upset and I mentioned it's an upset but when you look historically geez have they had the wood on us they've won 13 of their last 14 games against the Waz and in fact the Warriors actually haven't beaten the Bunnies at Mount Smart since 2012 but as I say every week none of that matters this year Webby's Warriors they are built different and you best believe in front of a sold out fortress the lads are going to show up and feel dangerous. Cody Walker, he's that main threat, really someone you got to keep an eye on. AJ Campbell Graham, they both love scoring meaties. Damien Cook, fastest man to ever move through sand, apparently. Beach flag specialist, so we have to keep an eye on him. And then old blue eyes, Cam Murray, him and Colin Matangi, they form a pretty vicious forward pack as well. So plenty of threats that we're going to have to account for. But in the Warriors' defense, we trust this year. We've got the fourth best D as I mentioned earlier on in the pod, so they're going to throw some shape at us, they're going to try and fire some shots, Richie Kenner, the old winger, he can score a try as well, got a name like a cricket player, but turns out he's pretty handy at rugby league, so they really do have attacking threats all across the park, but I back our boys to keep them out, and I think this massive sold out atmosphere is really going to help them grow another arm and a leg, you just feel so confident heading into games at the moment, which is bloody good, and saying that that though we also know the players they're not getting complacent and they are treating this like a massive clash SJ's game 199 as well so a dub here would really set us up for a great home run stretch to end out the season fingers crossed he's another clinic at Mount Smart 13 plus four weeks in a row Shit, would that make for good watching? But I just want us to get into the arm wrestle and squeeze out a dub. It would be a huge result for our lads. Again, got a pretty nice end to the season, but this next three to four game stretch is where we will get tested the most. At home, though, up the mighty wires. And, of course, I'll see you there tomorrow night if you're heading along. Should be an unreal game and then speaking of unreal games following that we get dished up back-to-back -back barnstormers for your Friday night footy 10 p.m kickoff Sky Sport 4 we have the Melbourne Storm taking on the Penrith Panthers first versus third on the ladder the Panthers they welcome back all their big guns despite resting everyone like I said they still got the dub last week but historically the Storm Bellamy's lads they've been all over the boys from the foot of the mountain they've won 16 of their last 19 games against the Panthers in Melbourne and in saying that though the Panthers they play in Melbourne for the first time since 2018 so maybe that stat she's a little outdated of course since then the Panthers have gone on to build a bit of a dynasty but the Storm they'll be feeling confident back at home Munster's back in the mix as well this is going to be a nail biter still no Nathan Cleary I'll back the home side to get the chocolates but only just the Panthers they're such a quality football side and again they showed last week no matter who they roll out they will rise to the occasion back to back bums on seats strap yourself in 
This is top shelf rugby league. Then on your Saturday, the entertainment doesn't stop there. Triple header, Raiders versus Titans, Cowboys versus Tigers, and Broncos versus Dolphins. Of course, no Reese Walsh for the Bronx, but they'll be desperate to bounce back. Few people starting to weigh in now and say maybe they aren't grand final contenders. Young Tristan Saylor, he'll probably get the nod in the one jersey, a quality footballer, and I think the Bronx will be too good for the Finns. And saying that though, Jeremy Marshall King expected to play Sean O'Sullivan back into the seven. Valence in Tefare, he is starting in the centres and playing some good codes. So maybe the Finns, I think earlier in the competition when they played each other, they just got pipped at the end by a bees dick. Redemption could be on the mind. Surprise, surprise. This game being played in Brisbane. At the Gabba though, not Suncorp. I almost said surprise, surprise. This game's played at Suncorp. The Bronx, they're always at home. The Gabba, a cricket ground. Maybe Richie Kenner should be playing there. Something to keep an eye on though. The Broncos, of course, without Tom Flegler, without Jordan Rickey, far from full strength. Maybe a whiff of an upset, although I will back the Bronx to be too strong. And then to round her out, Dogs taking on the Knights and the Manly Gulls taking on the Roosters. Desperation footy in that last game in particular. Manly though, they welcome back Jake Travojevic. That'll be a massive addition for the Chooks. Joey Manu playing in game 150. Can they finally sort their shit? And can Victor Radley, more importantly, not get put on report. A huge clash. Let's see how important Jake is to this side. Of course, plenty going on in Manly off the field. The Roosters, they will be without Angus Crichton, Satuli Tupanua and Egan Butcher. So they've got their backs against the wall. The Gulls, on the other hand, they welcome back guys like Kalmatua Lange, Ben Travojevic, Jason Saab and Brad Parker. So it's the tale of two different tapes. Let's see who gets the win there. I'll back Manly at home to get the dub to round out what should be a great week. So some massive games head-to-head, no doubt dishing up plenty more headlines. The main one, of course, tomorrow night. See you out there. Let's go Media Stadium, Mount Smart. Up the mighty Waz, 13 plus them, four on the trot. Get that into you and up yours truly, the old South Sydney Rabbitohs. Onto the weekly wrap now and the Ashes day one got underway last night. Jeez, you're keen if you're staying up pulling the overnighter, but it's entertaining stuff. England won the toss and elected to bowl. Mix it up a little after declaring with bat in hand on day one in the first test. The old baseball tactics coming back to bite them. But last night, Aussie finished up 339 for five at stump. Steve Smith Travis Head doing the bulk of the damage with Remu in hand. Old Smithy, 85 not out. He cemented himself at the crease, seeing them like beach balls. A dominant day one for Aussie. So a great start for them as they look to go 2-0 up and almost wrap up the old urn. The Black Ferns, they're back tonight to kick off their 2023 campaign after a huge year last year. World Cup champs and they won the hearts of the nation. They kick off their Pacific Tour Series taking on the Wallaroos in Brizzy. 8.30 kickoff. A few debutants as well. Couple players to keep an eye on. Caitlin Vahakolo. She of course becomes a dual international. She laced up for the Kiwi Ferns in the League World Cup last year. Played for the Blues in Super Rugby Alpiki and went great guns. I'm excited to see her rip in on the wing. Tune in for that. And then sticking with footy there, following that game at 11.20, we have the New Zealand under-20s taking on France. Live from their World Cup in South Africa, the lads, they snuck past Wales in game one of their campaign, 27-26. A real nail-biter. Fair to say we didn't play our best code. Hucker was hissing, geez, the boys had plenty of mana, but maybe that took the energy out of them. That was the main focus heading in. We didn't really fire any shots, so we'll need to lift our game. Big time for this one against a good French side too. They humbled Japan in their opening game, 75 points to 12. Both of those games live on Sky Sport 1 via the Sky Sport Now app, so strap yourself in, maybe split screen with your NRL action tonight. How good is that? Wimbledon, that gets underway Monday night, our time too. 10pm, Sky Sport 2, the greatest, most historic tournament in tennis history. No surprises, old mate Novak Djokovic, he heads in clear favourite. No Nadal, 
Great to see Andy Murray back, though. The hometown hero looking to win the hearts of the nation and pull off the dub. Old Alcaraz, him and Medvedev, they appear to be the best chances to spoil the party and stop old mate Joker from racking up another big win. But unfortunately, if you're a betting man, you'd have to think Novak is where you're looking for the men's and the women's side of the draw. She's a bit tougher, plenty of contenders, a bit more of an open field. So that should be a good watch as well. Again, gets underway Monday night 10pm runs through the night think she racks up early 9am each morning so strap yourself in bit of breakfast tennis nothing better and then to wrap her up a quick little NBA off-season update again a few players on the move or signing new deals Chris Paul he heads to the Warriors Jordan Poole gets dished to the Wizards. Tough scenes for the Whirlpool, of course. Helped them get a ring a couple seasons back. They had that beef with Draymond Green in the off-season, and fair to say, he didn't quite deliver as hope this year. Great move for Chris Paul, though. He gets a genuine shot at winning a ring now. Probably the one thing missing from his career, and it's on a team that won't need him to play big minutes either in the regular season, which really suits his ageing rig. He'll be able to minutes restrict throughout the year, then really hit his peak come playoffs so excited to see how the Wars look next season Pazingas he goes to the Celtics Marcus Smart goes to the Grizzlies and a great move for both teams Pazingas obviously always had massive potential he was that first one to kind of get branded with that unicorn nickname it's fair to say while he's been a good player he hasn't quite reached the peaks that many would have expected but on this team on the Celtics he could just do that surrounded with players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown you'd have to think for Boston as well they get great cover there for Rob Will and Al Horford Rob he's always injured one of the great rim protectors unfortunately just can't stay on the court Al Horford, an aging body, still pretty handy player, but in Porzingis, that's an upgrade from him for the Grizzlies, smart, he's going to be a huge addition for them, a competitive bloke, a great defender, just one defender of the year a couple seasons back, a veteran who was used to winning and playing deep into the playoffs, so hopefully he can mentor Jar Morant in this young Grizzlies core, plus he gives them great cover for Jar while he's out with suspension, 40 games I think he got, so that is a huge addition to their team, and I love that for the Grizz. Dame Lillard, questions continue to be fired around about where he will be playing, whether that's with the Blazers or not next year, of course, Portland, they took Scoot Henderson at three in the draft, as they should, an incredible talent, Dame, he's already said he doesn't want to be a part of the rebuild, and fair enough to, you can't blame him for supposedly wanting out, he's given everything to that ball club, the main suitors, they appear to be a Miami Heats, and he would form a lethal combo with Jimmy Buckets and Bam Adebayo. And saying that though, part of me would love to see him stay in Portland, lace up with Scoot. I think that pairing could work really well, and I'll be excited to see them play together. So keep your eyes on that one. And then finally, Nas Reed, and he's probably not a household name, the centre from the Minnesota T-Wolves, but I think this is a big deal because he's signed for 42-ish million on a three-year extension. And to me, this indicates that Cat or Rudy won't be hanging around. You can't have three bigs on big money. It's most likely Cat, I think, so watch this space there as well. Bill Simmons, he was throwing out maybe a Cat for Dame trade, which I think both sides wouldn't mind. Could be something to watch in that Lillard combo. Imagine Dame with Ant and Rudy. That would be an exciting watch. So all go in the NBA. The offseason continues to tick boxes and no doubt over the next seven days there'll be some more big moves. So strap yourselves in basketball fans. Q&A time now, she's back and boy did the questions come flooding in, so I've picked out a couple doozies to rip into, the first one comes through from the great man Trevor Snox and I was surprised to see the old fella, he's up with the technology which you've got to love and he said will the Warriors make the top four and that's a great question there from you Trev mate, obviously you're giving me stick in the preseason at the coat saying that the Wars were just in for another mediocre year, I told you that we were different this year and it's good to see you well and truly on the bandwagon now. In terms of will we make the top four, I think absolutely and before you roll your eyes, 
Here is why we've got nine games left, including that Bunnies game tomorrow night. Six of them are actually on home turf. And while I said the next four weeks, they are hugely important for us. We've got the Bunnies tomorrow, Para away, Sharks at home, Raiders at home. Four tough sides, three of the four at home though. Then we get the bye. Post the bye is where it gets really mouth-watering for Warriors fans. Titans away. Not the easiest of trips, but I back us to get that one done. Tigers, it's listed as away, but that game is down in Hamilton. So I think you can tick that box as a dub. Then we go Seagulls at home. Daniel Anderson round. The lads won't lose that one. Dragons at home. We just pump them, so we'll repeat the dose. And then Dolphins to finish up over at Redcliffe. Again, I back us there. So out of those nine games remaining, six of them on New Zealand soil and extremely winnable. We're currently sitting pretty in fifth, but only two points off the lead. I back us to go through top four footy, first round finals game at Mount Smart. How good would that be? The place would sell out in a heartbeat. Regular season games, they're already selling like hotcakes. So that would be massive fizz. Get up the waz and good again to have you on board, Snooksy, mate. Appreciate the question. Your next one comes through from Travis Moody and it says, more of a statement, but how about those Saders? You can't fight destiny, brother. And yeah, look, a hat tip again to the Crusaders. A heck of a footy side, seven straight Super Rugby titles. That is truly elite. What a dynasty they have formed. And like I said to Jimmy Ma, just felt like they weren't the better side in that game, but they still found a way to get the win. That's the sign of a quality football team and a franchise where winning has just become a habit. They always get the job done, so hats tip to them. Interested to see how it rolls out next year. Of course, they lose Razor. They lose Scotty Hansen from that coaching setup. Also, without Richie Moe, Sam Whitelock, Lester Whangānuku, plenty of players departing. And saying that, they still got quality and no doubt they'll manage to bring some big bodies in too. Everyone wants to be a part of that Crusaders juggernaut. It's going to be different 2024 super season, but again, you'd have to be silly if you don't have them in your winning calculations. Next question, about time we had a three-week break in the NRL to do a rep origin period. The Kiwi boys can rip into you. Yeah, I don't mind this. Jeez, there's pros and cons for both sides. Obviously, it extends the NRL season even further. If you did it mid-season, it's really tough on the rigs having these origin and test footy games as well. But I would love to see it. I think the Kiwis in general, we need to find a way to get them more games. At the moment, we're lucky if we get a test each year. It's exciting. I think they're about to announce a Pacific Nation style of setup where we're going to play your Tongas and your Australias. We need that every year. Some high quality opposition because come World Cup time, we're often so underdone and it pays the price at the back end in those big games. So anything where we can see our Kiwi lads lace up more often, establish those combinations and become the best footy side in rugby league. We've got the players and the cattle to do it. We just need more time in the saddle and now's the perfect time to roll out a comp like that with Tonga, Samoa, Fiji all becoming so strong. So I would certainly love to see them do something. Your next one comes through from James Hogan. Two games back for the coat. How's the body feeling and how is the tackle count? Yeah, cheers for the questions there, horse. Two games back, feeling pretty good too. A little 20-minute cameo against Bays off the Rimu and then a 60-minute shift starting over the weekend. A bit patchy, a little bit of rust, but really enjoying my time back out on the paddock and most importantly, enjoying the time with the lads off the field as well. The body's feeling good, just getting through. Come back at the business end. Quarterfinal this weekend against Dale. So really timed it to perfection hopefully three games left and I'll well and truly get through that in terms of tackle count actually made quite a few on the weekend surprised even myself been a bit of a work on obviously while I've been injured so let's hope that that can keep up no Jack Bergen I'll say that much but hey things are on the up future looks bright so they say, next question, when is Jazz back for the Warriors with the eyes emoji? Yeah, look, 
when I spoke to him, and I've mentioned this a couple times now, spoke to him a couple weeks back, he mentioned they were targeting that Parramatta game, both him and Tamaire. There were rumours floating around that T would be back this week, but I still think they're on track for that para game, so maybe we see them on that team sheet next weekend. If not, you'd have to think that Sharkies game the week after back home at Mount Smart will hopefully have all rigs back on deck. Extremely excited to see Jazz back and Tamaire in the mix of that Bull Bash Brothers combo reunited. That'll bring bums on seats and even more fizz than what we already have. But fingers crossed, it's next week and appreciate your question, mate. And then finally, last question comes through from Hamish and he says, one forward or back you would swap for the Warriors and the Crusaders that would at least have the same impact in the other code that's a great question quality footballers throughout both sides the first one that pops to mind of course will be a Sean Johnson for Richie Mwanga purely because both are at the peak of their powers in their respective games at the moment Richie Mo, he's hinted several times he would love to have a crack at rugby league SJ played a fair bit of rugby union coming up through the grades he certainly snapped my ankles a couple times wearing the Silverdale kit the old basket so that would be an instant one that pops into mind I would love to see guys like Will Jordan, Lester Whanganuku have a crack for the Waz as well. In terms of some forwards, maybe a Cody Taylor, someone like that. But I think the backs is where it's at. So my peak, my prime targets, if I was head of recruitment and you offered me the Saders, I'd go Richie Moe at one, Will Jordan at two, Lester Whanganuku at three. In terms of who they would be after, SJ, he's probably top of the list. Someone like Chance would be popular as well. Dallin. Best finisher in the game at the moment. He would be in high demand. I'd love to see someone like Adam or Tohu as well in Rugby Union. Geez, would they be a handful and could probably last the full 80 minutes as well. So both teams stacked with talent. Instantly off the top of the head though, those are the names that pop up. So a great question there, Hamish. I know you're a massive Crusaders fan, so no doubt you are still celebrating that dub and deservedly so too, mate. Enjoy the festivities. That's us for another episode of Surly Talk Sport. Hope you enjoyed it as usual, of course. I'll be back tomorrow to talk all things punting, but plenty of sport on the cards tonight. The weekend kicks off early. You've got those two games of footy with the Black Ferns and the New Zealand under-20s, plus your Thursday night rugby league. So strap yourself in. Remember, Sky Sport Now giveaway getting drawn tonight, 9pm. Your last chance to have your bum on seats at Mount Smart Stadium. She's sold out. Tickets are in hot demand. So head along to my Instagram page, Surly Talk Sport. Tag a mate and get yourself in the draw. And as always, shout out to Sky Sport now for supporting this podcast. Absolute legends. It's the home of sport streaming here in New Zealand. If you want to watch any of the sport I've spoken about today, it is all on Sky Sport now. Sign yourself up, weekly, monthly or annual pass. It costs a fraction of your usual Sky subscription. You'll get access to all the sports channels and none of the nonsense that you don't want. Really appreciate them, so let's get around them and show them that the STS community is well and truly riding with them. Up the Waz, as always, and up the mighty coat. Enjoy your Thursday. Go well, big fizz.